what you see is it's a physical act is what somebody's identity is. And you, you know, God, you know, the Lord, and we know our identity is in him. Mm -hmm. We're created in the image of God, male and female. We bear the image of God, the King. Mm -hmm. And yet we get so how the world and our own desires distorts that to, well, my identity is going to be a sinful behavior. I'm going to identify as gay. I'm mm. going to identify as lesbian. Um, and so I took up upon that identity. And Jose, I didn't realize how bad it was until I'd moved back home with my parents. And I was always making comments, watching TV, seeing commercials, saying, oh, she, uh, oh, he's gay. Oh, he's queer. Oh, mm. she's a dyke. Definitely lesbian. And my whole worldview was LGBTQ. I mean, I, I couldn't see outside of that lens. Mm -hmm. And one evening, my dad said, would you just stop it? Would you stop saying everyone is straight, gay? Just accept people for who they are. Mm -hmm. Stop labeling them with these mm. labels. And I didn't even realize I had been doing that. Mm. And it had become so much of my world and my identity. And then I tell you, the beauty thing is when, when we confess and we repent, the blood of Jesus not only cleanses us from all unrighteousness, but then we start seeing straight, pun intended, that we start seeing what's truth. We start seeing what's right. And, the, and it's kind of like now our identity becomes, oh, we're bearers of the king. We bear the image of the king. Our identity is in Christ and not whomever I'm sleeping with. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Jose Cruz. And uh, man, I want to just tell you guys right now, this is a special podcast. I know we just ended season two of Still Here podcast. Go check out season one, season two, even our pilot episodes. You know, we've been on a break. I've been working so much. We've been uh, just me and the wifey here just doing a lot of work, man, supporting our family, man, just loving God, trying to be the best human being possible for all you beautiful people out there. But today's podcast is a different podcast. You know, you guys know me. I like to have fun. I get, you know, I wild out, just have crazy fun guests on, man. Just have awesome stories, business owners, content creators. But today is really one of those um, podcasts that really has to be treated with respect, treat with, you know, an understanding. You know, I never, and again, you guys know me. I am a believer. I love God. You know, I've, you know, rededicated my life back to Jesus after, you know, really just, giving up you know and so and on this show i'm very admin on my faith you know and you guys know my other podcasts i you know i get real colorful with my language and you know just god is working on me because there's a lot of hurt there's a lot of self-hurt and, and you know a lot of you guys can relate to that and that's what i want to be and bring on this show i want to reach from this platform through your phones through wherever you're watching to connect with you guys and that's what's important to me again this show is not about me it's not about trying to get clout, trying to find to be the next, next big thing, you know? So today's podcast is a is very special, man. I want you guys to listen. I want you guys to have an ear to hear. You know, the Bible says, he who has an ear, let him hear. And today we have a good, a good guest, a special guest, man. I would say he's my friend. I only met him once, but today we have Pastor Jim Doman, correct, sir? Doman? Yeah. Hey, Jose. Good to see you again, brother. How are you? You know, I'm good, man. Over here, the weather is... Uh, it's amazing, man. It's cooling off. You know, I mean, you know, Central Valley weather. <laughs> well, hey, I was in Central Valley, I think, last week with you. Yes. Last, or the week before last, and it was cooking in October. It, <laughs> it was. felt like summer. We were in the 90s. I know. And that's one thing I don't like about the Central Valley is because it's like you get teased with cool, then the rest of Because we get, what, winter for like two months spring for about a week and it's just hot the rest of the, you know that's just but you know it's part of the blessing where you live you're the bread basket of the world come the on the food you put out is unbelievable mm -hmm. such a, a blessing from the lord mm, that is true man you know where was it called we're the uh grapevine or the great basket of whatever you know there's a lot of produce there's a lot of goodness coming out of here but where are you where are your where's your location right now you know we're based in newport beach california um i'm a pastor with church united church united is a 501c3 nonprofit organization mm -hmm. and we help pastors engage in government oh, and yeah. jose i know you were at church you heard me preach in the uh the great town of selma selma and uh, we've got the pastor of your church is running for mayor and we've just got some godly men and women who are standing behind them and that community mm -hmm. to speak truth and uh, bring about righteousness to their city, 
uh, your county and state. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, let's get into that because you spoke, you were a guest speaker there, you know, and your message really resonated with me. It really, um, cause I've been, I've been over churched. I've been, I've been going to church my whole life practically, but the experiences I've had, you know, were not so good. You know, it kind of has a stigma, you know, especially in today's society, man, church and Christians have a stigma, but you know, I told you before we were getting into this, man, your message was has is one of the first messages I've ever I've heard like I've heard that actually brought me into it. I didn't feel like I had to be a certain way, you know, and that this is really what God is, you know, his spirit is like you don't have because we hear it all the time, come as you are, come as you are. The Bible says come as you are, but when you know humans or men, people get in charge, they're just like, Yeah, but you got to look and be like this, you know, that's my experience, you know? And so, and I, again, I don't want to blanket to where a lot of say, I say all these churches are like that, but what I'm trying to say is that your message brought me in, you know? And Amen. I mean, let's, well, let's, let's get into that, you know, let's kind of get into your yeah, message, you, your story. You shared that with me. We were at that rally um, uh, and you came up to me and you said, Hey, can you be on my podcast, Jim? Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. He was like, whoa, where are you going with this thing? You're talking politics and your, your, your heart wasn't focused on politics. It was focused on God, what he's done in your life, but mm. yet being able to wrap that in. Now, I'm not going to preach a sermon, preach <laughs> on, on it, podcast, man. <laughs> but it was, but it was really, I really appreciate that heart that you noticed that, or that at least I think my heart came through, it connected with you. And that's what I say, Jose is the Holy spirit, God component. When, mm. He takes our words and ministers to our hearts. And similar to you, when I came back to Jesus 20 years ago, I wanted nothing to do with the church. Mm -hmm. Why? I wanted to be Jesus with skin on to a lost and dying world who desperately needed him and going to church. Oh, the pastors are perfect. Everybody's married. They've got kids. And I didn't fit that paradigm. Mm. You know, I was gay. I was single. Mm. What do you do? That doesn't fit church narrative. But then the Lord got a hold of my heart, transformed me and said, you know, I had a mentor actually said, what if you went back to church? What if you went to seminary and helped equip pastors how to respond to LGBTQ issues mm. and kind of share your message exponentially? And I said, that makes sense. And as a former homosexual man, I'm happy to say I'm married with three kids. Mm. Uh, my wife and I have three kids together and living my life for Jesus the last 20 years. Mm. And it's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a miracle story. Yes, but it's not impossible if somebody desires change, mm. whatever, whatever your sin issue is for that matter. Mm -hmm. But like I shared, I didn't want anything to do with the church. I wanted to be Jesus with skin on to a lost and dying world. But when my mentor said, Jim, if you went to seminary and could equip the church, mm. I think you could have a greater impact than just be one voice. You could be multiple voices. And mm. I said that made, made, made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and you said something, you know, it, you had to experience it. You had to say, you know what, I need to take this next step for myself, you know, because again, our experiences, you know, it still kind of wraps up to the same thing, man. Again, ch today's society, like I said earlier, church has a stigma. Christians have a stigma on them. And it's like, I don't like that approach. I don't like that. That's why I'm, I'm going to be very sensitive you know, an understanding and very careful, you know, but I don't want to be, I don't want to walk on eggshells too. I don't want to feel like, you know, I don't have a voice, you know, sure. but you, you, you mentioned something right now. That's kind of, a, that's not kind of, but it's a, it's a huge issue. You know, you know, you were formerly gay, you know, you had that lifestyle, you had that mentality, you went through issues, it impacted you and you lived a lifestyle. And I read on your bio that you grew up Christian, you know, you grew up in that family life as a Christian, but yet, you're gay, you know, let's Correct. get into like your testimonial. Let's get into that life experience. What transitioned you, what happened, you know, after you so, left that, you know, when you grew up in a God fearing home, my family, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home and when your desires don't meet the narrative of what's kind of expected of you from your parents and the church and scripture, you know, I was kind of left at a point where I just said, you know, God, I want to love and be loved. Your plan, your way, your word doesn't fit my narrative. Mm. And I chose to go into the gay lifestyle. Nobody forced me. Thankfully, at the time, this, you know, well over 20 years ago, there were, I wasn't groomed in school. There wasn't a, this homosexual agenda. Mm -hmm. um, 
brainwashing children's minds, like what they're doing in the California public schools, let alone across the nation. I just had a disconnect with my dad. We never connected on a emotional, physical, uh, that type of level. And I desired, you know, to connect with men. And mm. when that desire became sexualized at puberty, I went after that desire mm. and I chose to go in the lifestyle. Now people will say, no, I did not choose to deal with same sex attraction or deal with gayness or homosexuality. That was kind of in an, a, a development of my growing up experience environmentally, developmentally with my relationship with my dad. But then I just said, God, I want to love and be loved. And your plan isn't an option at the age of 23. I came out mm. and I was in, I actually came out in Portland, Oregon um, and lived then I ended up meeting my partner, uh, of three years in Palm Springs. We were there, uh, lived together, uh, when I was from 25 to 28. Mm -hmm. So thankfully I was only in the lifestyle for five years. And even during that time of all my sexual promiscuity and activity, God protected me from not only STDs, but my partner was hepatitis C positive and mm -hmm. HIV positive AIDS. He had AIDS mm -hmm. and that's what he died from. Thankfully and gratefully, God uh, miraculously protected me from those diseases. Um, and anyway, all that to say, that's another miracle in yeah. itself. But now to be married and express sexuality in the way in which God intended is beautiful. It's wonderful. And God can change you if you've messed up, if you're struggling or you're thinking, you know, you're you're not you're questioning your sexuality. God can help heal and restore what's good for you mm -hmm. and what his creation is, his design for men and women. Mm. You know, when I hear that, you know, especially when you, you brought your message out in new hope Selma, you know, again, um, I think what resonated with me was your experience. You know, you weren't ashamed of your experience. You weren't ashamed. You know, I mean, there was probably a time where you were, you know, you had a lot, a lot of mental like arguments oh, sure. with yourself, you know? And so, <laughs> You know, let's dive into that during that part where you came out, you know, what was your experience with Christians and believers and family members, you know, because we hear it all the time, you know, we hear stories, but, you know, someone that, you know, like you that had that experience, let's, I mean, let's get into that. What was, what was your like encounter with Christians and family and all that after yeah, you came out? I, shame hasn't really been a huge issue for me, to be quite honest. Um, maybe a little bit later on in the healing process, I had confessed and worked through some of that. But really, um, I didn't want anything to do with my family or Christians. I didn't want to be convicted, Jose. Mm. You know, if you're doing something you know is wrong, and honestly, when we peel back all the drama and all the, you know, all these people in these pro groups, and we peel back the onion, so to speak, when you get right down to it, homosexuality is abnormal mm -hmm. physically, anatomically. You, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. You can't procreate. It just natural law tells you that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we just took God, I mean, you can't take God out of anything because he's everywhere. But if let's just say for the sake of argument, we remove God, it's not biological. It's not anatomic. Two men don't fit together like a male and a female fit mm -hmm. together. Um, and to procreate. And that's in almost in the entire animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I share that because when you were living a lie or a narrative that's contrary to truth, when you do that, you have to create a narrative that you can live with yourself, make normalize abnormality mm -hmm. so you can continue to live the lie. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. Mm. It, it's a relational brokenness issue with your same-sex parent for me with my father and you know that was you know that was the root issue and cause and developmentally um you know and a lot of times as adults we don't realize what happened to us or didn't happen to us in our developmental years i'm mm -hmm. talking 18 months to 36 months 48 months you know year and a half to three four years of age we're not realizing the impact of the relationship of our dad or lack thereof, whether mm. he's present or not is having on us mm -hmm. and story after story. And in my book, I include and not a mistake parents hope for their gay son. I have 19 former LGBTQ people from around the world. And this thread, not only I've experienced in the United States, but globally mm. is this disconnect with the parents disconnect with mom and dad, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, 
or abandonment or, you know, being ignored or whatever the issues are, there is this common thread of this root developmental issue that leads to same-sex attraction. Mm. And typically it's, it's, it becomes sexualized at puberty, but now even in today's day and age, as our public schools, specifically in California, continue to sexualize children, mm. these ages are going lower and lower because little mind children little minds children are being exposed to inappropriate content now kind of back to your question you know what why didn't i want anything to do with the church i don't want to be convicted mm. i don't want to go to church i and, and people go oh they're going to judge me no it's not the people judging you it's the spirit of god his holy spirit is convicting your heart and your mind and for me i didn't want to deal with that wow. so i'm going to remove myself from christians the church have nothing to do with that. Now, in the five years I was in the lifestyle, two of, I only went to church twice. It was my uh, grandpa's funeral. He passed away. And the founding pastor of the church where I accepted Christ at age of seven, his funeral I came home to. But that was really the only two times I had stepped into a church during mm. the, my years in the lifestyle. You know, I know when I hear that, you know, because again, I want to be very cautious, man. But I, to me, that's the, um, you know, and you hear it all the time. You know, I'm doing me. I got to take care of me. No one can tell me how to live. I'm, you know, I'm do me, boo boo. You know, we hear that. And, you know, sometimes that is a cover of saying, you know, I got to hide my sin. I got to hide so no one can see me. So I'm going to put this lifestyle out there, you know, because like you said, it comes from experience of, you know, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. And it, and it puts, you know, individuals in that mindset. It's like my father didn't love me. My mother didn't love me. So they go find yeah. love. They fill it in with something else. And, sure. you know, and I think hearing your experience right now, even now, because in your message, you talked about everything stemmed from something happening to them when they were little, yeah. you know, and that to me is, especially as a parent, you know, me and my wife, we have three amazing kids man these humans are, are awesome two teenage girls my son's a 13 year old you know awesome. very just and i see their lifestyle you know they kind of give you um and a little background i mean i didn't have the best background my dad was always working my mom was one of these craziest native american women and we grew up on the res and there was a lot of abuse there was a lot of physical mm -hmm. emotional and man i would i would even say sexual abuse you know as a child yeah. Sure. You know, but my lifestyle growing up, I always knew I didn't want to be like that. At the age of seven, eight, nine years old, I was thinking like a full grown man, how to survive. Yeah. You know, how someone hurt me. I'm thinking like, how do I get out of this? I'm figuring out how to take care of my siblings, my older brother taking care of us. You know, and that stemmed. And I knew I was when I grow up, I'm never going to be like this to my kids. And, and I held to that. You know, I would say to a certain extent until a couple of years ago. You know, I was talking to my wife and we had this conversation yesterday, you know, when we left church, church hurt, you know, you hear that all the time, but we had to yep. leave Selma, move to Clovis. And that's where the undoing had to happen. That's where the mirror, I had to turn the mirror around. And then I got into this, you know, I have my production business. I go, I make social media posts for businesses and, you know, create content, create, create. So one of my clients was a brewery and I went in. You know, free con you know, the content comes with free beer. And I went in, I, yeah, I went in and never drank beer in my life. And I started. And what that brought out of me, it brought out a different person. It brought out the hurt. It brought out the pain. And I took it out on my wife. I took it out on my son, you know, and I put that on him. I put words on him. I came home drunk one time. I left Sanger, drove to Clovis heavily. I started at 10 in the morning. And 10 o'clock at night, I was going all day and I drove home. Don't know how I got home, but then I took it out on my son. And a lot of my guests, a lot of my uh, viewers and on the show have heard this story. And what I thought I would never be, I was towards my son. And it was on my, it was towards my son, you know, but God showed me compassion and forgiveness through a 10 year old boy that was just sit there hurt, but said, dad, that's not you. I know God didn't make you like that, you know? And again, that's some. You know, if my son didn't have the foundation as he had from his mother, from me before I just went off the deep end, man, that that damages sure. young men, you know, so here. Yeah. Now, yeah. And I just I think now, you know, God 
really just flipping my life around, man. As a gentleman, I like, again, I left, when I left, I left bitter. I left hurt. I left confused, you know, because I thought my identity was the pastor, the position, the church, you know, sometimes, you know, we get lost in like, we think this lifestyle is my identity, you know, and like any lifestyle, you know? And so where do you think you felt like your identity when you decided to come out, you know, cause I really want to get to the root of that, you know, cause yep. you had said, you know, cause it stems from somewhere, you know, where did you think your identity, you know, was and who were you when you came out and what, what pushed you to that mindset? So you said a couple things and I'm going to come right back to that, Jose, that are really, I wanted just to clarify as well. Um, fortunately, my upbringing, I wasn't sexually abused, mm -hmm. emotionally abused, physically abused. I, when I talk about, I had a pretty healthy family. Mm. My parents were Christians almost since, you know, they came believers when I was at the age six or seven. My dad was an LA County Sheriff. My mom, a librarian, no drugs, no alcohol, mm. nothing crazy like that. There really, we didn't have drama in our family. Mm -hmm. We were kind of very all American, if that makes sense mm -hmm. and healthy to that. Despite that, I still never connected with my dad. I wasn't mm. good athletically. So those, I never connected and that yearning, that, that legitimate yearning to connect with another man became sexualized at puberty. Mm. So those, you know, and my giftings weren't affirmed. And so, you know, and again, you, it sounds like you had some of the other emotional, physical and, um, uh, uh, traumas to you mm -hmm. but isn't it interesting how maybe your sin issues are different than mine yes. but yet when you kind of look at these root issues we're all coming from the same place it's expressed differently mm -hmm. now i share that because what happens in the lgbtq world your your sexuality becomes your identity mm. now hear me so now I'm no longer a man. I'm no longer, you know, this Christian kid. I'm no longer, you know, a part of the Doman family. I'm gay. You know, hear me roar. This is who mm -hmm. I am. This is my identity. You oppose this narrative. You know, you're homophobic. You hate me. You hate mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community. And this whole persona gets consumed by who I'm having sex with. Now think, I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's insanity, honestly. You know, why aren't you running around? Why aren't heterosexuals running around waving flags saying, I sleep with my wife or I sleep? You know what I'm saying? It's crazy because that's not your identity. But yet in the LGBTQ world, whomever you're having sex with becomes your identity. So mm. now you become, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, I'm trans, I'm trans, I'm bisexual. And what you see is it's a physical act is what somebody's identity is. And you you know God, you know the Lord, and we know our identity is in Him. Mm -hmm. We're created in the image of God. Male and female, we bear the image of God, the King. Mm -hmm. And yet we get so how the world and our own desires distorts that to, well, my identity is going to be a sinful behavior. I'm going to identify as gay. I'm mm -hmm. going to identify as lesbian. Um, and so I took up upon that identity and Jose, I didn't realize how bad it was until I'd moved back home with my parents. And I was always making comments, watching TV, seeing commercials, saying, oh, she, uh, oh, he's gay. Oh, he's queer. Oh, mm. she's a dyke. Definitely lesbian. And my whole worldview was LGBTQ. I mean, I, I couldn't see outside of that lens. Mm -hmm. And one evening, my dad said, would you just stop it? Would you stop saying everyone is straight, gay? Just accept people for who they are. Mm -hmm. Stop labeling them with these mm. labels. And I didn't even realize I had been doing that. Mm. And it had become so much of my world and my identity. And then I'll tell you, the beauty thing is when, when we confess and we repent, the blood of Jesus not only cleanses us from all unrighteousness, but then we start seeing straight, pun intended, that we start seeing what's truth. We start seeing what's right. And, the, and it's kind of like now our identity becomes, oh, we're bearers of the king. We bear the image of the king. Our identity is in Christ mm -hmm. and not whomever I'm sleeping with, mm. if that makes sense. We're not identifying yeah. as our sin. I'm identifying in my freedom, in my walk with Christ and not that. But then again, that's, I'll say, spiritual maturity. That's growth. Does that help then immediately when we, when we confess and repent? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's also an ongoing process as we learn to imitate Christ, 
and walk in Jesus. Now, does that mean I am perfect? Heck no. Does mm -hmm. that mean I have it all together? No way. I'm in need of a savior and his name is Jesus. Mm. And so that's really, you know, at the end, when, when, when humanity, when men and women realize we need Jesus, that's when the heart transformation takes place. That's when the mind transformation, you know, Romans 12, one and two, no, uh, no, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, that, that's a process. That's, mm -hmm. um, that is, it, that is an incredible experience. And I've experienced that and I continue to do that. And really, I think as we grow in maturity, we get greater depths of freedom. Mm. You know, hearing that, you know, because the Bible says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You yes. know, this day and age, man, mental health, mental, you know, our mental is, is, is always talked about. You know, and there's there's a part of my mind that I still struggle with even now, especially as a as a man, as a father, as a husband. And I, I face a lot of doubt. I face a lot of struggle. I face a lot of my mind, like the arguments I would have with myself, you know, by myself is it, it's the struggle, you know. And I know one thing I got tired of when I left church is I got tired of the cliche stuff, the cliche by the scriptures. And it's like, and then I, for some reason, my mind went, it's like, I got tired of hearing it, you know? And, and this kind of really relates to this world that doesn't believe in God, that doesn't care for the church, that can't stand Christians, can't stand the Bible. The Bible's outdated. It doesn't relate to me, you know? And it, it really shook me, you know? We live in this world, you know, because the Bible says sin is sin, you know? There's no sin greater than the other. And so, you know, when they say, well, being gay is not a sin, it's who I am. You can't say who I am is a sin, you know, because like you said, they identify in their sexuality. You right. know, what? what's the mindset, you know, on the average of, you know, men and women or people that struggle in the LGBT, you know, TQ community? Like, what's the mindset today? What do you see, you know, where their mindset's at from your experience? You know, I... They, I think the mindset of the world is there's nothing wrong with this. This is how I've been created. This is who I am. Leave me alone. And I'm seeing, I'll even say it at, a, at a, an alarming rate of young Christians don't even have a biblical worldview, a scripture view, God's mm -hmm. word of what sexuality should and should not be. Mm -hmm. I mean, God's clear. It's, it, it's, it's a marriage between a man and a woman. That's where, where you only have sex in that, in those boundaries. And that's where you procreate and have children, mm. you know, and I hear so many youth and, and partially, I think our churches aren't dealing with this and our Christian schools are capitulating to the cultural narrative, which is heresy and not of the Lord. Mm. It's of the world. It's not of God. Well, it's just, well, whatever makes you happy. Well, here's something I've learned in my years of studying and walking with the Lord and coming back to Christ, Jose, is this. God let, well, first and foremost, I don't hate gays. I don't hate Come the on. LGBTQ community. I was one of them. I've mm -hmm. lived it. I've walked it. I get it. I know it. I know the pain. I know the depression. I mm -hmm. know the mental health issues. I know the anxiety. I know the, 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 the suicide issues. Mm -hmm. I know it. I've walked it. I've breathed it. I've lived it. I've been to the bars. I know it. I know. I know the emptiness. I know the loneliness. And when you do all these things and you can't, and you're never satisfied, then what's next? Mm. I get it. But God has also said in Deuteronomy 30, he's told us to choose life. Mm. And even Christians, we get to choose God or not God. All of humanity, the entire world, male and female, we can choose to follow God or not. He loved us so much, Jose, that he gave us the choice we could choose to love him or we can choose to follow the world. Mm -hmm. You can choose to be LGBT and destroy your life. That is your choice. Mm -hmm. God will allow you to do that, which it's so hard to understand because as a parent, I want the best for what's my kids. I want them to choose life and all their decisions. And my kids are younger than yours. But at the end of the day, you know, when they're 18 or become of age, they can make their own choices mm -hmm. to choose to do what is right and good. Or do what is uh, contrary to what God, how God has called us to live. Mm -hmm. And I, I, when you unpeel that, that is such an incredible amount of love that he does not force us to worship and follow him. We get to choose him or not. Mm -hmm. Now, there'll be consequences. Yes. Bad consequences are incredible, wonderful consequences. Mm -hmm. If you choose God, we're promised eternal life in heaven. Mm -hmm. And if you choose not God, hell and damnation. 
But yet at the same time, even with those consequences, good and bad, he still gives us free choice. Mm -hmm. And I just share that because, you know what? If you're struggling with this, I still love you. Mm. Or if you think, well, hey, and you're listening to this podcast and I, well, I'm gay or I'm lesbian or I'm trans, that's who I am. Well, okay, I'm going to still preach truth. Mm -hmm. And you have a choice to change your life and live and walk as God has called us to live or choose otherwise. Mm. That's so real. That's so true. Because again, you know, and I feel like the this day and age we live in now, when you say that, it comes off. You're just, you're, you're a homophobe. You're this, you're that. You're hiding behind the Bible and the Bible, this, you know, and they get real defensive. It gets real argumentative and it's on that end, you know, and I think sometimes even me before we, we started, you know, getting set up for this, I was, I was, I'm nervous. I don't want, cause I do have a lot of people that follow or people that know me that are gay, that are lesbian, that are, and I never want to come off as that, you know, because like you said, God accepts us. God loves us because we are in that time and whether people know it or not, we are in grace. We're in that period where God's grace and mercies is real. It's true. But there will yeah. be a day, whether people believe it or not, he is coming back and then judgment. Yeah. You know, that's that's what's so amazing about God is that a lot of people that are hurt, that even, you know, whether they're gay or not, they're straight. It's still a sinful lifestyle, you know, and outside right. of God, you're lost because I can speak from experience. You know, when I walked away from church, man, your boy was was lost. I was a pastor. I was I was teaching God's word, but I never really experienced it because I was just doing my job. I was doing what I expected because I didn't really have that true experience of God until I left because I was left by myself. Everybody that shook me, everyone that came across me, crossed my line, blamed me, you know, lied about me or attacked me, especially in the church, you know, those excuses were gone. The finger pointing turned to this to this. Sure. And I had to face me. And what was so awesome about that is that the whole time, man, God was patient. God was. Amen. His kindness leads to repentance. It, it you does. Know, it it's, does. It's in, I believe that's in Romans. Paul wrote that. And, you know, in my book, Not a Mistake, I talk about that, Jose. I talk about how part of the, even in the being a gay man, it's so self-centered, so selfish. Even before I got married to my wife, my sister goes, does Amanda know how selfish you are? Because mm. it's all about me, 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 me. And yeah. if you look at it, it's so not. And in my book, and how the Lord is similar to you, turned those tables and said, I've called you to serve. I've called you to help others, not to ask, what have you done for me lately? Mm. You know, and have that be your attitude of, hey, what are my rights? How are you going to serve me? How are you going to do this for, it's all about me, me, me. No, mm. it's how are you going to serve my people? How are you going to serve people within the church outside of the walls of the church in the community and where you live and that's just really was a huge paradigm shift and it it changes your psyche it changes your mind your heart again part of that renewing that transformation where you're loving and helping people instead of expecting them to do that to you yeah and i think that's what's so awesome about god is god has no expectation god has no conditions in his love and we hear this all the time, man. And a lot of a lot of people say, you know, come to church or else, do this or else. They all they think is about the or else. It's not come experience what God can do for you. Come as yeah. you are, unconditional love. And I experienced that unconditional love when I was in a hospital by myself, and I had no one to, you know, we Facetime my wife, but I had no, I had nothing. I, yeah. I God stripped me of what I thought my identity was with my business, you know, my success, you know, with the pot, my first, I had another podcast that was doing great. And I thought that's who I was, but God's like, and he, and I, he waited. And I, and when I, when I was at my lowest, I heard this quote from someone say, man, rock bottom isn't when you had the hardest time or the roughest time in your life. Rock bottom is when you've actually changed. Cause all you Amen. can see is the opportunities. Like I'm at, I'm at the rock bottom. There's nothing but an option to change. And I think that's where I've experienced God's true love. You know, I'll tell you this story because this goes into what we're talking about in the unconditional love of God. I'm in, I'm in the hospital room by myself. I can't walk. If I move anything, my lung, cause I was depending on 95, 98% of oxygen getting pumped into me. Couldn't breathe on my own. And I couldn't move. If I had, a, I couldn't take a shower. It's been like three, four weeks where I had cold water. Just, you know, when you go to the sink and just put it on your face, I felt this heavy demonic presence in that room. And I just like, God, I got to get up. I got to just, 
Because we normally go, all right, I'm going to go to the restroom real quick. And you just pop up and go. You know, we yeah. I couldn't do that. And, you know, and so when I made myself, did, it took like 40, 45 minutes to get to this sink and put cold water. I was like, God, I don't feel this. I, I don't like this feeling. You know, your word says you're going to give me peace. That surpasses my understanding. Give me peace. Please give me peace. And I kept praying. I kept praying. And I went back to my bed. Took, again, 20 minutes because it's just I couldn't breathe. I had all these hoses strapped to me and I'm carrying these machines that were pumping all this oxygen hydro flow. And I laid down, I was like, peace, God, your peace, your peace. And when I felt like I felt the room lift and I felt God and he had every right to say, you did this to yourself. You put this on you. You sinned. You've done this. You've done yeah. this. And, you know, we're here pastors. We hear people. We hear fellow Christian friends and family members tell that. But God never once told me, you did this to yourself. No, he showed me his grace and mercy. And I think when it comes down to that, man, the, the world needs to experience that. Not a church, not a pastor, not anything, not a title, him. And I think and I do believe that's an encounter with God, you know, I mean, that's clearly and God has done that to me multiple times. When yeah, that's what I was about to God say. That level. Yeah. What's talk that? about that. Talk about that. Your encounter with God, not a message, yeah. not a pastor or church or a title, you know, or yeah. mega church. Talk about your encounter with God that changed that lifestyle. Well, and, and, and I'll say this, it not only changed, God never left me. Mm. He was always, I knew God growing up. I knew him in my heart. He was Lord and Savior, but I put him on the shelf, so to speak, and left. And But he never left me. He still spoke to me when I was in the lifestyle. I mean, I remember I got in a fight one night with my partner, a verbal fight. And, you know, we were all, I was probably out having a cigarette or something out on our back porch. And I was in our dining room and he said, the Lord said, You'll be sharing your public story, your story publicly one day. Mm. And I looked up the ceiling, like, really, God, how can that be? I'm having sex with a man. That ain't, this ain't gonna happen. You know, I remember just uh, he was just present, just and would talk to me, even though I wanted nothing to do with them, mm. and you know, was not engaging in a in Christian activity whatsoever. Um, very uh, anyway, uh. And then on June 8th, 2002, I literally lost all my worldly possessions. Now you mm. think, wait, how does that happen in today's day and age? Well, we had a, a home together, a business together. I ran our business. My partner was an artist. He filed the restraining order and then took all the money in all of our accounts and put it into account with his name only. Wow. And literally within minutes went from money to nothing, mm. zero. And I couldn't even get back into our business to get checks coming in for the art we sold. Um, I literally had nothing but debt on my credit cards. And mm -hmm. it was that evening, June 8th, 2002, I found myself homeless. Um, well, I shouldn't say homeless. Uh, I had an apartment to go to, but only the clothes on my back, no furniture, no power, no electricity, which means no air conditioning in Palm Springs in June. And it's hotter than hell. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in the hundreds, maybe cools off to 90s in the evenings. Wow. Um, and I didn't, all I had was the clothes on my back and a car parked outside on a public street. Mm. And I just said, God, I'm yours again. Wow. Now he didn't speak to me then, but I got up the next morning and thought, well, shoot, I'll go down to gold. I'll go work out. I don't think he canceled my golds membership. And on my way to my car on, on camera, on uh, there is $5 laying on the sidewalk. Mm. And when I picked up the $5, the Lord said, I took care of the Israelites in the desert. I'll take care of you and yours. Mm. And I went to Denny's, got a grand sign breakfast for $2.99. Um, and that, and Jose, that, that was like this, not only for his miracle, but God spoke yet again. Now, you know, and just kind of said, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to take care of you. Now, if you would have asked me or anyone would have said, Hey, you know, does God talk to you, Jim? I'm like, or probably no one even believe it when I was in the lifestyle, but God never forsook me. He never uh, left me. Um, I left him, mm. but he was still with me the whole time. Wow. The whole time. And uh, now I would never admit that. I would never share that with anybody, but it was amazing just to know God was there. He took care of me, all obviously protected me from a variety of things, and yet was has been on the journey with me as I've been on this journey of um restoration mm. healing recovery and then walking in freedom mm. you know and, you know and, and i'll say this walking in freedom does not mean you're not tempted 
Come on. Walking in freedom is making the right choices to choose life, mm. to choose what how God wants us to live, how he desires us to live, mm -hmm. that I'm choosing him, I'm choosing my wife, I'm choosing my kids. I mean, even you, I mean, there's, I don't have an issue with drinking. I don't think drinking's an, uh, uh, we're not, we're not told we can never drink, mm -hmm. but like what you shared, if it goes too far, it can become an issue. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you, you know, you've repented, you, you've said, wait a minute, I can't do this. And how, what a beautiful thing. It was your son who felt comfortable enough to share with you, daddy, this isn't you. Mm -hmm. And then yet you were able to make the choice to correct and change and, you know, kind of do a, um, you know, rechart re your path, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, that's an ongoing process. That's, I'll say, Christian maturity as we continue to walk and grow in our in our walks with Christ. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what I think this this God-centered conversation had just God is is in it. You know, when you said when when I encountered my son that way, mm -hmm. you know, a 10-year-old boy. Hmm. I get emotional thinking about it every time because I believe God will never let, let me forget. Because he reminded me of his love, you know, and, and ain't that, that's what's tripping. That's what I trip out about God, you know, and I, again, as much as he can and have every right to strike us, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, I know. And that's what's insane to that. We get lost in this mentality of that. God is, God is this guy waiting just to, mm, he's well, not. I get it. And Jose, my kids do the same thing. You know, I'll t I tuck them in every night. We pray, we sing, we kind of do this thing. It's a great time just for the, my, whatever child it is I am, uh, I am spending that time with before they go to bed. They'll share, you know, great things about the day. And, you know, we'll do something really fun, like go to Disneyland or mm. something like that. And then I'll read a story to them. And then I'll say, what was your favorite thing today? Mm. that you read a story to me and i'm like it wasn't going to disneyland wow yeah <laughs> you know it was that time but at the same in in some of these conversations i've had with them as your son did they'll say daddy you didn't talk to me very nicely today mm -hmm. and oh my gosh it's right in the heart and i have to say son or daughter will you forgive me mm -hmm. daddy sorry sometimes i fail i say unkind things or i'm not uplifting with my words will you forgive daddy mm -hmm. and they do well, you know, but I think I've role modeled that to them. And, but yet not only have I have my wife and I role modeled that to them, it's great to have a heart that listens to that, that, that voice of conviction, even if it's coming from the mouths of babes, our mm. own children. And yet it's like you say, it's like the Lord is speaking through them. Like daddy, you better shape up or ship out kind of yeah. a thing, you know? So and real. it's again, I just think it's part of God's hesed, which is, uh, Hebrew for, you know, the grace of God and mm. what, what that is. And I still think, although I feel like I've, I've experienced enormous amounts of grace and love, I still don't understand that. It's mm. such a deep, profound concept to forgive and to let it go mm. and, and, and allow healing and mm. those types of things. So now in saying that, staying on this, you know, to the average person that's outside of God's will and his plan and serving him, you know, cause I don't want to make it seem like, well, this community, LGBTQ community or anybody, no, nah, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle without God. You know, what do you say to somebody that is struck by, you know, he's, he's God of wrath. He's sending me to hell. So I don't want to serve him. You know, he doesn't deserve me, you know, all that. What do you say to that mindset, that mentality of God, them having that picture of who God is? What do you say to that person? Well, I would say that's not that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is, as I mentioned earlier, is kindness leads to repentance. Mm. And it's the only the only any the only thing nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Jesus Christ our Lord. And the only way you can be separated from God is if you don't know Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus is for everybody. It's a free gift. It doesn't cost anything. You don't have to do anything. Come on. It is, you know what? You 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 confess your sins, you repent from sinful behavior and you give your life to the Lord. You know, it, it's as simple as, you know, inviting Jesus to your heart and to your life and your mind and he becomes Lord and not you. And it's mm -hmm. a process, but it's, it's whatever you're saying. I mean, mine, I'm just, I mean, I have lots of sin issues. The, my, you know, the, the big one that I've dealt with probably for the longest time was, is, is same sex attraction. 
But, uh, you know, there's other issues in my life, but I don't know what your listeners are listening to. Statistically, it's probably not LGBTQ stuff. Mm -hmm. It's probably some, uh, you know, maybe heterosexual porn, pornography, drugs, alcohol. I don't know. You name it. I don't know what someone's specific sin issue is, but whatever it is, you can repent from that, confess and repent, and God can begin to change you and begin and create a new life within you. Mm. So in saying that, because that 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 takes a self that's a self willingness. You have to do that yourself, and I think that's one thing. No, I believe that's the one thing I love. That's the main thing I love about God is that He allows us to choose. You know, that's kind of been the word we've been talking about is choice, choice. God lets you choose. Yeah. You know, someone on that teetering moment to actually choose God. You know, and they have these preconceived notions of. You know, church, people, God, fake, Bible, Christians, hypocrites, thus, thus. How does one look past all that to really experience God? I mean, it sounds redundant, but what I'm trying to bring into is like the mentality of what the stigma sure. is about Christians and churches. You know, because at some point, I honestly, I was like at a point, I was like, I don't blame you. I don't blame why you hate that pastor here. I don't blame you. If anything, I'm in your corner. You know, yeah. and that's the stigma I'm personally trying to like live out and trying to say, that's not who I am. You know, let my life see it, you know, because the testimony that I've, you know, I'm blessed with that God's given me is the testimony, is my wife, is my kids, you know, because again, the grace and mercy that I've, you know, encountered through God is through my family. My wife is a very quiet, reserved, conservative young woman. And God showed me his his patience through her. I'm a guy that in my previous relationship, I'd push, I'd push. You know, I get to sure. snapping point, you know, but with her, she never snapped. And I've said this before on other podcasts, it's like her silence spoke volumes. Because when I didn't get that kickback, it left it on me, you know? So I would ask, you know, again, maybe this is, I want to get past these people that listen and see all the the hypocrisy because I I'm struck by that even still because I still see it and I'm still having experiences with it. How does one look past all that to really experience God's grace and His love? Well, and that is and that's where the personal decision, the personal choice comes into play, Jose. Mm. It's our walk with God. Are you willing to choose God and you know quit looking at other people? It's between you and Him. That's where that's what it boils down to. And, you know, other people will, will let you down. You're going to see leaders fail, uh, Christian leaders fail. You'll see, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's, we've seen that historically it's, it's in scripture as well. And it's nothing's different today, mm-hmm. but I think it, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the heart of whom you're following. And, you know, I follow a, a Jewish carpenter and his name is Jesus. Well, you know, that's kind of my boss. That's whom I follow. And, but I'm also, you know, Jose, I'm one, I, I like, remember I said, I don't want anything to do with the church. Mm-hmm. I've I hoped my life and the, what I do is different in the sense of I'm the first to admit, I don't have it all together. Come on. I don't, don't look, you know, don't, you, you can follow me as I follow Jesus, but don't look to me, look to the cross, look mm. to Jesus, but I'm going to follow the Lord. And that's kind of my MO. And that would be my encouragement to others is focus and fix your eyes on Jesus Come on. not others people because they'll let you down they're gonna, they they will fall short mm-hmm. i know i do but i i just try to admit it you know when mm-hmm. i do and move forward you know ask you know ask for forgiveness confess repent move forward mm-hmm. you know i i think we i i my heart's desire i think we need a lot more of that from the church mm-hmm. from leadership as well as within the congregation again i'm right i'm writing my second book don't have the title yet, but it'll be in the lines of breaking the sin habit, seven steps to freedom. Mm. But in that book, I'm encouraging people to, well, pastors as well, but people, hey, look, if you're dealing with stuff, you got to be able to share this with the world. What, mm. you know, you're doing this on a podcast, Jose, some of the areas you've had to deal with, you know, how do we as believers do this in our schools, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, where we're sharing Hey, here's what's going on in my life. We, I've fallen, I've messed up. God's forgiven me. And, you know, we're sharing these stories of transformation, of renewal and what our walks are instead of, Hey, we've got it all together. You don't kind of a thing. And it's us and them where it's no, we're, 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 I, I'm on this journey of trying to live my life for Christ mm. and loving people along the process. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, <clears throat> like you said, it's, it's a process. It's along the process, loving people. And I think when I've, 
again, when I left church, I was left with me. And again, the pointing had to stop. It's like it had to be yeah. bad. One of my mentors, one of my favorite all-time mentors, I keep saying to Doug and Diane Clark, farmer, no titles. He's just hard worker. He just, he's, he's, he's the guy that's in the dirt, you know, just, <laughs> but yet this man can speak to mountains. This guy can handle the, just the word of God just poured out of him and he poured into my life. And he had told me, Jose, if you're pointing one finger at one person, remember you got three pointing back at you. Yep. And it was one of those things where I, that always stuck with me. And he and his wife, Diane, just told me, Jose, the best message ever preaches without words. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I've learned that through my life in this process to let go of again, every like you said, it's it's like you like you like your sister said, you know, you're selfish. We we are people that are selfish people. It's about me. Make it about yeah. me. You know, look at do me, do you know, no one tell me what to do. You know, and I think that's where that 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 self sacrifice has to happen, you know, to encounter God, because God can't come to a person who thinks they have it all together. You know, God's not going to try to force that. It's like, all right, you say you have it all together, boy. All right, go handle it, because that's what He said to me. Yeah. You know, and you so don't need God. There's no why even have a God. You yeah, know? I mean, you, you, you got it all together. You know, all right, so be it. So be it. You know, and I think now, like, because like you said, it, it, it's still a process. Like, like. Like us men, we have issues we still deal with. There's still sin. There's still stuff. We're not perfect. I'm never going to be arrived. I'm not going to ever be like, I've made it. Boom. My life has changed. Look at me in all my glory. No, it's only because of him. It's only because of Amen. God's grace and his mercy. And I hear and I hear that. And I've seen that from you. And I've heard your message, you know, and you mentioned not a mistake, your book. You know, what's that message in that book? What does that all sum up to? Because I do... I do want to get a copy. I do want to read that and support you. Sure, you know, ex you. explain that. You know, talk about your book, Not a Mistake. How does that resonate? To, so, to Not a Mistake, Parents Hope for Their Gay Son. I wrote that because I put my parents through a living hell. Mm. And I want I just wanted to write a book that would connect and minister to parents, moms and dads, to give them hope for their children oh. or their child. And if their child was dealing with a um, same-sex attraction, that it would be practical. It's very practical, and it's 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 not intellectually written. You know what I mean? It's it's common sense. It's basic. Um, it, it, it's it, I think it'll minister to anyone's heart. Where if you're dealing with this issue, it's going to give you practical steps for dads how to love your kids well through this if they're going through it. It gives advice how we've raised our children differently than how maybe my wife and I were raised. And you've got younger kids, how to kind of, you know, so, some of those questions and also how to deal with, well, what happens when your son come home, comes home and says, I don't know, I want, I'm going to get married or I'm going to invite my partner over to Christmas time. You know, the holidays are coming, Thanksgiving and Christmas. How do you respond to that? The book talks about those issues. Mm -hmm. It briefly touches on setting people free. Um, as you read the book, you'll see it points people to Jesus. But even if you deal with same-sex attraction yourself, it'll give you hope. And Jose, I included 19 former LGBTQ people from around the globe, mm. black, brown, and white, men and women who've left gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender lifestyles, even those who've detransitioned um, from other gender from other sexes back to their biological sex and how God has healed and restored them. It's absolutely beautiful. And this just isn't an American thing. This is a global thing. It's the kingdom of God. Mm. And these stories um, are just absolutely amazing. You can get the book on notamistake.com. You can get it on Amazon. If you like Kindle or audible, you can do that. If you get it in the audible format, um, I only have nine of the stories right now on Audible, but it's there. It's the actual people telling their stories mm. in broken English, where if they have an Asian background, an African background, a European background, you're hearing people as English as their second language sharing how they've been transformed and that change is possible. Wow. And they're young, old, I mean, all across the rich, poor, you name it, all across the spectrum. But it, it, it's, again, it, 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 the, the hope of my book was to bring hope to people. Mm. That change is possible. You no, know, we're not perfect, but you can change and you can choose an alternative lifestyle. Mm. You know, I remember you saying that when you spoke at New Hope, Selma, um, 
Let me ask you this: those individuals, yeah, what what was the turning point that you heard of what how they changed their life? You know, from each if you go back to each conversation when you talked to them, possibly interviewed, sure. what was their turning point? What 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 did you see that was like that turning point for each and one of each and every one of them? A lot of times we talked about rock bottom, people hitting rock bottom or not. And, and let me just, I'll, let me share this too. I'm the president of the Global Rainbow Crossers Alliance, mm. the GRCA. We have a network of 52 nations of the former LGBTQ people. That's a lot of people. Mm. And again, kind of this common theme was, or what I have seen is developmentally, they, they you know, father, son, broken families, and then they start expressing a confused sexuality for their own gender or changing their sex. And what I'm seeing is people who were broken and looking for hope, looking, how do I change this? Or God mm. speaks to them and they're like, and then they change. It's kind of, some of them are dramatic stories, but a lot of them, I would say just the reality of this isn't working. Mm. There, there's got to be something more to th than this. And you hit that point you hit that break bottom point and they give their lives to jesus mm -hmm. but what's amazing is this common thread of the hope the healing and the restoration of these mm. men and women who decided to give their lives to jesus wow and that is just incredible and then to see these you know former gay men married you know former lesbian women married or living single healthily in the boundaries in which god is designed i'm thinking of um you know i'm getting all these stories that pop into my head one she's serving in Africa, helping, uh, I think she's based in San Diego, but helping orphan children. Wow. I just, you know, I love that. Again, it's serving others and not my, and not yourself. Mm. And uh, again, kind of that heart, that heartbeat, that just that love for people and sharing almost as if what God has done for them, they want to share with the world. Wow. You know, that's, I mean, that's awesome. You know, what I think about first is like that tipping point, you know, again, if someone's at that tipping point, you know, and that you said they're lost, they're hurt, they've hit rock bottom. How does one approach that? What, what would you say from your experience? How does one approach that decision to say, God, I'm lost. I need you to where they don't over spiritualize it. They don't create this big expectation of how they have to change instantly or else, you know, how yeah. does one approach that moment? You know, that's when we're, I'll say broken, or we just call out and say, God, I need you, mm -hmm. or I need your help. Lord, help me. Whatever that looks like to you, call out to God. Scripture says, seek God and we will find him. Mm -hmm. And he will reveal himself to you. I mean, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting mm -hmm. life. Come on. That's 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 not I'm going to pick and choose. That's everybody, mm -hmm. but everyone needs to that individual needs to choose God or not God. Mm -hmm. And all you have to say is God, I need you, God, I want you, God, I need help. Show up, show me you and God is faithful and he'll do that. Come on. He doesn't desire you to perish. He wants to know you. He wants to be in relationship with his creation. Mm. You know, and <clears throat> that is so true, man. Again, we serve a, a compassionate, loving God, you know, but on the flip side of that, you know, we're, we're talking about a message to a community, you know, just God's, you know, the world, you know, but what's your message to the church, how to approach, you know, this, this, this type of thing, you know, again, I don't want to put like this weird label, like, oh, they're different or their sin is, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to be that. But like, cause again, their experiences with churches and you know, what we see in this world, like it's the judgment. What's your message to the churches, how to approach this type of situation? Yeah. My, my, my heart and approach to churches is we need to love them. Anyone wow. who comes to your church, we need to love them. Now, you know, I'll get the question, well, <clears throat> Hey Jim, there's a gay couple or lesbian couple coming to church. You know, what should we do? I'm like, well, do you ask the heterosexual couples that aren't married, are you sleeping mm. together when they walk in the doors of your church? Well, don't assume they're sleeping together. Mm. You know, um, you got to be in relationship with people before you start, you know, finding those types of details out. Mm. Love them. If they're coming to church, praise God. They're seeking the Lord. Um, there may come a time you need to have that conversation with them or someone within your church in a discipleship type of relationship. Awesome. Then that's when you have those types of conversations. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I would say, you know, first and foremost, love them. Um, invite them over to your homes, church. Invite them to your house. You know, we, my wife and I have done that uh, with people who are in the lifestyle. You know, we want to love on them, mm-hmm. you know, and not hit them over the head with the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors. We want to do the same thing what Jesus did. So that would be my encouragement. And as a church, don't capitulate to culture. Come on. So many pastors are going woke. So many pastors are, well, you know what? This is a pre, you know, you and, and they just, they give in. And frankly, it's heresy. It's contrary to scripture. Mm. So you can't change what God has said is right and wrong. You still need to preach it. And don't be afraid to preach these issues, mm-hmm. but do it with grace and mercy as Jesus did. You know, mm. the truth shall set you free. Mom. Jesus uh, healed and fixed people's um, sicknesses and issues. And yet at the same time, he would say, go and sin no more. Mm. And we need, we need to be able to do the same. Come on. You know, I think overall, I know because you probably have to go do some stuff, man. Um, I love that message. You know, that message is it's not so much it's like, hey, this is for that community only. No, this is for everybody. Like yeah. you said, we can't just pick out like we know these guys are gay. They're lesbian. They're this. They're that. They're that. They're that and the other. But it's like, well, these heterosexuals are probably, you know, they're probably doing some worse things. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So we, I don't want. I, that's one thing I do not like is categorizing or you know, put them in like separate. No, man, we're all God's people. We all fall short. And that's how we should see each other. I'm no better than the next person. So why or who, because I have a title, a pastor or a church or anything over my name that makes me better than anyone else. I choose to live God. I choose to live this. It's not going to be perfect, you know? And so, I mean, I love your story. I love what you are doing. You're doing a lot right now. I mean, you're the church united. I don't know if you have time to talk about that, the importance of that. Maybe we can save that for a part two, you sure. know, because I don't want to take too much of your time. You yeah. Know? Maybe we could do a part two on church united, mm. but that's primarily my primary focus. I mean, we're having an incredible impact in the state of California. The New York times has written about us in 2018. The LA times just wrote about me and church united this past March of 20 of this year, 2022. And how we are, in essence, changing the state for mm-hmm. good. I mean, I know we're hearing all kinds of evil coming out of Sacramento and the evil that's happening in California, but the pastors of Church United are continuing to stand and united and stopping stopping evil, standing against injustice and doing good. Come on. Um, despite what you might hear on the news, the pastors in God's church continue to bring hope and do great in the state of California. Mm. And we're actually growing nationally. And so I'm excited about that. We'll be taking a, 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 a significant amount of pastors from California to Washington, D.C. in 2023, and probably about 50 others on with uh, the 200 from California from other states as mm. we're growing with influence and impact. Mm. So it's amazing what God is doing. I mean, that again, that's my primary focus. That's awesome. My story in my book is kind of my side job, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Well, it's uh, you know, a great opportunity to share about Church United and such, but uh, yeah, my story is kind of a back burner, so to speak, as I focus on, uh, you know, t- trying to do right and good in California and for our nation. Come on, I feel like again, that's what I wanted to talk about was your experiences and your testimony, that backstory, well, man. You, you know, because it resonated with me. I felt like it um, opened my eyes on, on a different approach. Uh, again, I'm changing. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly you know, making improvements, man. And by the grace of God, I'm still here. So I love my podcast name. Still here, sure. man, by the grace I love of it. God. I love it. You know, and so, brother Jose, I love you, man. And you, you've got a new friend. So mm. uh, consider me one of your friends. Mm, amen, brother. Now we do this thing on a pod. I know we talked about a lot. Someone listening and watching this podcast, what's your last word? What's your message to them? I want you to know, no matter what your past, your current, how you're living your life right now, that Jesus loves you, that nothing can separate you from the love of God that's Mm. in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you know him, call out to him, confess to him. If you don't call out, confess to him, God will show himself. He will love you and you will be welcomed into the kingdom of God. Mm. And that's you for eternity. Amen. And I just encourage you, if you're struggling, you're dealing with this, you could reach out to me, to Jose or a local church. Um, and we'd be happy to help you walk, 
walk with you, get you on the right path. Um, but yeah, know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And all Amen. you have to do is cry out to him. Amen. That's awesome. Now, where can people find you? Are you on social media at all? Or do you have? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I jimdoman.com is my website, notamistake.com if you want to order a book, churchunited.com if you want to learn about uh, the ministry, the 501c3. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I didn't, so I'm also, I'm writing two, uh, two more books. I'm finishing this one up. I'm going to start probably next week, Not a Mistake, Parents Hope for Their Lesbian Daughter. Mm. And then in January, I'm going to start Not a Mistake, Parents Hope for Their Trans Child. Mm. So there'll be a series of books coming out very soon, dealing with all these issues to give parents hope and those struggling with LGBTQ issues or loved ones uh, dealing with this practical resources and hope mm, that's awesome you know i appreciate your time i really appreciate you jumping on telling your story again you got my support the feeling is mutual you know i'm proud to say man you're one of my good friends now just talking to you now and hearing your message I, it resonates with me you know so you got my support i'll definitely follow you we're gonna release this podcast really soon we're doing a lot of uh one-offs just special one-offs and this is gonna be one that's really put on my heart got put on my heart when i heard you speak and when we met at the campaign in selma you know so you guys listening and watching i hope you got something out of this i hope and pray that you hear god's words not ours you hear through our experiences and through what god spoke you know is one of these things where i'm very cautious but still i don't want to back down i don't want to be too abrupt i don't want to be that you know, so I'm here with you guys. You're still here for a reason and you will be. God has a plan for you. Whether you believe him or not, encounter him, encounter his love. Don't encounter a ministry. Don't encounter a title or a position or a church. Encounter God and he'll show you a plan and his, his will for you by his kindness. And I want to tell you guys, I love you guys. Stay tuned for many more special release podcasts. Season three, I don't know when that's dropping. Your boy is busy, but I love you guys. You guys have a great week, man. And I'm here for you guys have questions. Hit me up, hit up Pastor Jim. I'll have them in the link below. I love you guys. You have a great week. Mm.